Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Welcome back, Raider Nation, and hello. I am Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com, made for passionate, diehard Raider fans like yourself. I appreciate you tuning in and listening every week. And if you are new to the show, please follow and subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find all of the past episodes archived over at Just Pod baby.com quick turnaround for the show this week because i did put out the recap show on monday evening and if you have not yet listened to that please do it uh we were joined by raiders great right tackle lincoln kennedy uh we discussed many of the things going on with the raiders including the future of josh mcdaniels and whether or not he has lost the locker room i asked lincoln about that and he gave me his opinion Give it a listen. It's always good to get insight from someone who, you know, he's been inside NFL locker rooms. He's played for the organization, and now he covers the team as part of the radio broadcast team. So it was it was fun to be able to sit down and, and, and chat with Lincoln. I think you'll like the interview. Now, as I sit here uh, and record on this Thursday evening, we are just a few days away from the October 31st trade deadline. A couple of weeks ago, we got reports that the Raiders could be in the market for an edge rusher. Uh, you know, since that time, though, we have not heard much on that front. But we did get an update on Wednesday from Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report. He informed us that the Raiders and Hunter Renfro appear to be motivated mutually to get a trade done. Something that we have speculated for a while now. Uh, really, we've been speculate, speculating on this going back to late last season. Uh, so no big surprise, but what you know, what should the Raiders do at the deadline is going to be a big topic of the show this evening. Should they be sellers or should they be buyers? We will take a look at that. Um, also, we have a very special guest this week. You all know him and you all love him. My guy, Mo Mo in Midtown Mo, columnist with Bleacher Report. He hosts his own live stream on Bleacher Report. He uh, also is a Raiders writer for uh, SportsNot.com, so he's part of the team with with myself and Scott Branson. And then, uh, speaking of Scott Branson, Mo is the co-host, along with Scott, uh, on Silver and Black Today, the, the podcast, uh, who they which they do for the Odyssey Network. And they're doing a great job there uh, with a ton of listeners and just doing really well there. He will be joining us this evening on the show. He has a story up right now on SportsNot.com where he details why the Raiders could be buyers and sellers at the trade deadline. He takes a look at both sides of that argument. I thought we would get him on to let him explain it for himself. If you had not yet read that article, I encourage you uh, to do that now. So really excited to finally get Mo back on the show. Uh, That is the plan. But let's get it kicked off 
like we always do with some headlines. And, you know, the Raiders had their first practice of the week on Thursday because the game is on Monday night. So they had the extra day to prepare. Um, and it seems like every week now we're monitoring the status of Jimmy Garoppolo. Will he or will he not play? He did practice on Thursday. And, and so it's looking like he's on track to play against the Lions. Uh, what, you know, how healthy is he going to be? Is he 80%? Is he 90%? We don't know, but it has to be better than what uh, Brian Hoyer was uh, able to put out there on the field last week. Now, the opponent this week is the Lions. We're not going to spend a ton of time this week uh, going into the opponent like we normally do uh, because Mo is the guest. I, I didn't have a Lions guest booked for this week, but the Lions are coming off a, a butt whooping themselves. They were embarrassed last week, 38-6 to to the Ravens. So I would imagine that the, the Lions are going to be extremely focused uh, and ready to make things right again. I still think they are one of the top teams in the league despite the bad loss. They're, they're a very good football team, very well-rounded, very balanced, very good offense, very good defense. They've been dealing with a few injuries uh, along the way. Amon Ra, St. Brown, he was a little bit banged up recently, missed a game a couple of weeks ago. Then David Montgomery, their running back, uh, he was hurt, missed last week's game. Uh, so their rookie Jameer Gibbs, he was also hurt, missed some times. So they're 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 hurting at the running back position, but this is a very good football team, and so I would expect them to, uh, you know, be ready to go on, on Monday night at home in prime time. All right, so that was the main headline from the week. Jimmy Garoppolo did practice on Thursday, limited fashion, is expected to play on Monday night. Now. With that being said, we're going to move into our first topic, our main topic of the show here in segment one, and that is the trade deadline. We are just a couple days away from the October 31st trade deadline, and a lot of people are wondering right now, are the Raiders going to be buyers or are the Raiders going to be sellers? Uh, I'm going to give you my opinion on that. And I think you know where I stand based on some of the things that I've been putting out there on social media and, and some of the conversations that I've had on past uh, podcast episodes. I think I absolutely think the Raiders should be looking to sell. Now, this is from a perspective of someone who covers the team. So obviously, my opinion is going to be much different than you know maybe the front office and the head coach. But I, I'm giving you my opinion on this. Um, I think this season is lost for the Raiders. I think many of you would agree with me. This team is not going to the playoffs. Um, this this team is, is not going anywhere right now. And, and the future for this team doesn't look great either. There's nothing there that excites you about the future. And the only way to do that is to acquire some draft picks so that you can draft players that will help improve your future. That's where I stand on this. That's what the Raiders should be doing. Anyone not named Max Crosby should be up for trade, in my opinion. Now, the problem here is this. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are coaching and working for their jobs right now. They can't go 5-12 and 12 or 4-13 and 13 because it's very likely that if that happens, they could both be fired. And I think that they're both attached at the hip. I think if one goes, they both go. So this team needs to win games now in order for those two to keep their jobs. So I think 
Mark Davis has a dilemma on his hands. What's in the best interest of this team long-term is to probably sell some of these assets that they have. But their head coach and their general manager may not feel the same way. So that could hurt the team in the long run if they are to sit tight and and not make any moves. I 100% believe the Raiders should be sellers. That's my opinion as someone who covers the team. I think there's a messaging problem right now. What kind of message does it send to the fan base? What kind of message does it send to your team if you're going to trade your top players away? They're going to know you're waving the white flag. And so how do you keep your job as the coach? How do you try to sell that to your owner? And so that's why I think the Raiders will probably, if anything, will look to add a couple pieces. I hope they don't give up much draft capital to do so. But I, I just believe when you look at it like that, they're, they're more likely to try to add a piece than they are to uh, trade someone. Now, one of the names that we keep hearing about, I mentioned it at the top, is, is Hunter Renfro. He's the one that we have speculated on for a long time now. Jordan Schultz mentioned it. There seems to be mutual interest uh, from both sides to try to get something done. And and there's no there's no arguing that the Raiders have have hurt themselves in in terms of value that they could get back in a trade for Hunter Renfro by not putting him out there and not showcasing him. A lot of teams are going to be uh, weary of, of trading him because he was hurt last year. So he was unproductive last year. And this year, he's not getting any playing time. And so he's not being productive. So I think a lot of teams are going to be a little bit scared off of that. And then the other potential issue is Renfro's salary, his 2023 salary. Now, the Raiders have already paid him for most of that that was due, but he still has that base salary of $6.5 million. So that could be something that could hinder a possible deal. I think the best way to get this done would be, well, would be two, one of two ways is if the Raiders would be willing to maybe take on some of that money. And and you've seen teams do that in the past. I remember the Browns did it a couple of years ago where they basically pay a team to take the player, but just to acquire a draft pick in return. So that could be a way they could go about it. And then the other, the other way of course would be a player for player trade. So um, I do expect Renfro to be moved at this point. I, I still can't believe that that didn't work out with, you know, with Renfro. I've never heard a bad thing about the player all going all the way back to his days as a high school player, you know, was a walk on at Clemson won the, walk-on of the year award it just or I'm sorry it was red shirt I can't remember what it was but he won some sort of award like that um, high character guy hard-working guy I, I just can't believe McDaniels was not able to find a way for him to flourish in this offense and so that is something we'll ask Mo Moten about but what do you think I'd like to get your opinion on this please let me know what you think reach out to me uh, on on Twitter you can DM me. You could also contact me at the website justpodbaby.com. I want to know do you think the Raiders should be buyers or sellers? 
And do you think, if you think they should be sellers, should everyone be available outside of Max Crosby? Should they be willing to trade a Josh Jacobs? Should they be willing to talk about trading Devontae Adams, which we now know, we, we did hear last week that he's off the table, according to the reports uh, that were out there. Who knows? Things could change. If the Raiders go out there and get stomped again this week, who knows? Maybe maybe things will change. But uh, those are some of my thoughts on what I think the Raiders should be looking to do here uh, in the next couple of days as the tra- trade deadline approaches. Okay, segment number one is in the books. I'm going to step aside now, get to a quick break. And when I return, we're going to go out to the guest line. We're going to bring in our good friend of the show, Mo Moten. It's been a long time since we've had Mo on this show. I know he's got a lot of opinions about this Raiders football team. We're going to ask him about everything. We're going to ask him about his story up now at sportsnot.com about whether or not the Raiders should be buying or selling here at the trade deadline. You don't want to miss that conversation. Coming right up after these words, don't go anywhere. You are listening to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by sportsnot.com. Welcome back, Raider Nation. I am your host, Evan Grote. This is Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by sportsnot.com. Happy to have you guys tuning in with me here again this week. Week 8, the Raiders are taking on the Detroit Lions in prime time again. Monday Night Football, looking to try to get this season going again. We thought it was going after the two-game win streak, and then they were embarrassed last week in Chicago. We're ready to put that one behind us now. Uh, I do want to just go over the injury report real quick here while I while I have it here in front of me. I mentioned the big one with the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo with his back injury was limited this week. Uh, Divine Diablo dealing with the ankle. He did not participate. Uh, neither did Marcus Peters. Still early. We'll see how things progress for those two. Jacorian Bennett, who missed the game last week with a couple of injuries, shoulder and a knee, he was limited this week. So uh, it's possible that he'll be back in the lineup. And then also one that's notable is Daniel Carlson. He was reported that he had some sort of growing injury before the game. He did end up playing, missed a kick. I do. I did see the Raiders. I think they added a kicker to the practice squad, if I'm not mistaken. And, and, and Carlson didn't practice. So that is something to monitor there. Uh, if I'm connecting the dots, it's likely that maybe he, he misses the game and they feel that the injury is severe enough where the, it warranted them adding someone to the practice squad. As far as the Lions are concerned, I, m- I mentioned that they had been dealing with some injuries. Uh, a couple others. I mentioned the ones to the running backs. Uh, Jonah Jackson, guard, he did not participate on Thursday. They had a couple did not participate. Uh, Benito Jones, defensive tackle, did not participate. I mentioned Montgomery, who didn't play last week. He did not participate in practice on Thursday as well. Their center, Frank Raganow, did not participate. And then one of their linebackers on defense, Malcolm Rodriguez, he also did not practice. So they're they're dealing with um, some more injuries to some key players We'll see how it works out. I still think this is a better football team, even if those players were not to be active. They're they're still a better football team. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, though. But what I want to do now is we're going to go out to the guest line. Let's welcome in our special guest this week. It's been a long time. It's been too long since we've had him on as part of the show. And I feel like with him coming on now, I should probably queue up the primetime music for old time's sake uh, for this appearance. But we are joined now by Bleacher Report columnist. 
He also covers the Raiders as a writer uh, for the team at sportsnot.com, and he is the co-host of the Silver and Black Today podcast, along with Scott Gilbranson. We are joined now by good friend of the show, Mo Moten. He is here to chop it up with us. And Mo, I know that you're a busy man, so I appreciate you uh, giving us some time tonight. Uh, Before we get into some Raiders football, I want to ask you, how are you and, and how are things in the big city? Man, as you mentioned that I missed our primetime highlight days. Those are the days when, when I was a nobody and I, we would just go through Raider highlights, Chris Berman, TJ Jackson style. You can guess who the roles would be since I'm a black guy. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we made that pretty simple for everybody. <laughs> the, the, those days, I'll, I'll say, those days, even when I wasn't getting much traction, were absolutely fun. I still, enjoy, I still think back to those days and say, you know, it was, it was an enjoyable time. Not for the Raiders in some cases, but actually better then than it was now. But other than that, man, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. A lot going on in New York City. Not to go off topic, but the Knicks basketball is back mm-hmm. on TV. They lost yep. to the Celtics. But I think the Knicks are going to have a good season. I know you follow basketball a lot. So a lot going on in the city as far as sports are concerned. Uh, baseball out of session right now. But, again, Knicks, Nets, Jets, and Giants, they're not out of it. A lot of people want to say the Jets and Giants are, are, are dead in the water, but the Jets have shown some life, two consecutive wins. The Giants got a good win against the Commanders. And, of course, both those teams are going to play with the Raider, play against the Raiders back-to-back week. So I'm sure uh, we'll be talking about that, or you'll be talking about that on your show eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I saw the Knicks. I saw the score last night. I was thinking about you when I saw that. <laughs> Still plenty of games to play. NBA is a long season, so they could. I'm oh, yeah. sure they'll do fine. But, uh, yeah, you know, of course, I listen to you and Scott often. Um, you guys are killing it with the Odyssey uh, podcast and, and all the work you guys are doing with, with Sports Not as well. And, and, you know, your Bleacher Report live streams and all that. I was actually watching you a little bit yesterday. So uh, you're doing a great job as always. L- let's get into it now. I know you, I only got you for a few minutes here. <clears throat> You've been pretty vocal uh, on social media <laughs> and through the work that you've been doing in your writing about the Raiders mishandling of Hunter Renfro over the last year and a half. Um, and I bring up Renfro because, you know, he's a name that's being mentioned as a possible trade piece for the Raiders here with the trade deadline approaching next week on Tuesday. Uh, but just just talk to us a little bit about why the Raiders have mishandled Renfro, <clears throat> excuse me, and whether or not you think he'll be moved by Tuesday. I think they mishandled Renfro from the perspective of if you're the Raiders and you know that you have eyes on Jacoby Myers in free agency, right? If you if you knew this even before you signed Jacoby Myers, as a GM, you should get on the phone with teams and say, hey, there's a possibility Hunter Renfro could be available. Would you be interested? You don't have to tell teams what your plan is to sign Jacoby Myers. You could just say, hey, there's a, there's a scenario in which Hunter Renfro could be available in the next week or so. Would you be interested? You should start putting your feelings out early if you know you've had your target on Jacoby Myers. So the Raiders signed or agreed to terms with Jacoby Myers on March 14th. Three days later, Hunter Renfro's contract became fully guaranteed. So they had, even before the three days, to move Hunter Renfro, knowing that they were going to bring in a new number two wide receiver. And I said a new number two wide receiver because Jacoby Myers has more experience under Josh McDaniels than Hunter Renfro. Remember, Jacoby Myers comes from New England. So it was clear to me the contract that they paid Jacoby Myers, three years, $33 million, I believe, that they were going to bump Hunter Renfro down on the depth chart and, and elevate Jacoby Myers or at least give him an opportunity to be the number two guy. They don't do that. Hunter Renfro stays on the roster past the third day of the league year. And as I said, fully guaranteed contract now for 2023. So now if you want to trade him, it's harder to move him 
because he has that fully guaranteed contract. Now, after that, the Raiders add DeAndre Carter. What does DeAndre Carter do? Plays in the slot. He returns punts. Hunter Renfro, not only was he a slot receiver, he was a pretty solid punt returner. So now you're replacing his punt return duties. You're bumping him down on a depth chart. And then the Raiders draft Trey Tucker. Now, they had, they, I'm sure they probably liked Trey Tucker in the pre-draft process, but they didn't know if they were going to get him or not. Well, they got him. And guess what position he plays? Slot wide receiver. And he has speed that Hunter Renfro doesn't have. So here you have, you've bumped him down a depth chart. He doesn't seem to have a long-term future because you drafted Trey Tucker in the third round. And then he may not even have punt return responsibilities because you added DeAndre Carter. So I said it in May that the writing was on the wall for Hunter Renfro to be moved because the Raiders brought in these three wide receivers who basically shrink his role. And I said, why are the Raiders just, you know, packaging him with a draft pick to move him because if time goes on and he doesn't have much production, it's going to be harder to move him because he's coming off of a season where he was hurt and didn't have much production. He's not having production this year. And then he has a fully guaranteed contract on top of that. So now it's harder to move him before the deadline. As I said, to, to trade Renfro, they're going to have to eat part of his salary. And then they're going to have, probably have to package him with a draft pick to make it palatable for a team to acquire him. Now, where could he go? On Twitter, a lot of people push back on this, but I said I think the Titans would acquire him. I know the Titans look like sellers right now. They sold or traded Kevin Byer, but they also brought in Terrell Edmonds in that deal. People forget that. So I think that Titans organization is interested in bringing in guys who can stick around for the long term, not just this year. Let's remember, Hunter Renfro has another year in his contract. He's not just a one-year rental. If you acquire him, you have him for 2024 under contract. The other team I like for Hunter Renfro, the Minnesota Vikings, because Justin Jefferson is – battling an injury. I believe he's going to be out for about another month. And Jordan Addison is very slight. Now, I know he broke out on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers, but if you remember that game, he came out of the game because he got nicked up. He's very slight in his frame. So I think the Vikings would be interested in another wide receiver, especially if they think Justin Jefferson could be out for an extended period. The third team that I didn't mention on Twitter because of cap issues was the New Orleans Saints. And we all know the history between Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr. I'm sure Derek Carr is now with his general manager in the front office saying, we got to go get Hunter Renfro. And if you've been paying attention to Derek Carr in New Orleans, you know that the Saints are having issues in the red zone. And I'm not saying Hunter Renfro is going to cure all the Saints' red zone issues, but I'm sure it helps to have a wide receiver that your quarterback is familiar with and has thrown passes to for multiple years to help fix your offense. Yeah, absolutely. I would not be shocked at all to see him end up uh, it, with the Saints and Derek Carr again. And, and of course, I agree with everything you had to say there and, and all the points that you made out and, and you know the reasons that you laid out as to why you believe they mismanaged this whole scenario with, with Renfro. And I think the problem that a lot of fans have is it kind of go back, it, it kind of goes back to one of the concerns that Raider fans had was what, what is the plan here? You know, people mm-hmm. didn't really have a vision or, or an idea of what the vision was for the plan with this team. Um, and you could also go back to, you know, last season when they, not only did they sign Renfro to the long-term deal, they signed Derek Carr to the long-term deal as well. Now I know they had the out in the car deal, but they gave them the no trade clause, which I think, ended up backfiring on the Raiders when they weren't able to get anything back uh, in return uh, for Carr. So I, you know, I think you make a great point there. And I think what this also does, and I don't think enough people are talking about this. We keep hearing about how everyone wants Josh McDaniels fired, but what about mm-hmm. Dave Ziegler's role in these failures? I just don't think that's being discussed enough. You know, I could also point to the Chandler mm-hmm. Jones contract. 
You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that was a colossal bust. Um, they drafted a couple defensive linemen last year that are no longer with the team. I mean, one of them was traded. Neil Farrell was traded. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew Butler, mm-hmm. he's on the practice squad. Is there mm-hmm. anyone from that class that excites you? Maybe Dylan Parham. Okay, I'll, I'll give I'll give you that one. Um, and then, you know, you look to some of the free agency moves that were made in this season, with the exception of Jacoby Myers, you know, who I think has been really good. Is there anyone else there who's been standing out to you? And then, you know, I'm also going to uh, point to this year's draft class. Now, I'm not going to judge a draft class, uh, you know, after seven games. That's just not fair, but they're not off to a good start. None, none of the picks are really off to a great start. So, you know, I guess what I'm asking you here is, do you think Dave Ziegler should be getting a little bit more criticism, uh, you know, for his part in, in what's playing out on the field with the Raiders? Oh, absolutely. I, I've been on my Bleacher Report live, and a lot of people have asked me, if Joshua Daniels gets fired, would you fire Dave Ziegler with him? And I absolutely said yes. I say yes at every turn. And it's funny you, you bring up this question because I was on uh, Silver and Black today with my co Scott Branson, and one of our callers said, you know, this team not only is depressing that the team it seems to be heading in the wrong direction or regressing on the Joshua Daniels, but the team doesn't seem to have a bright future. You know how you can – Look at a losing team and say, well, they're young, but they're building, and they do have a bright future with some of the pieces that they drafted or, or signed in Fredsy. You can't say that about the Raiders. You brought up the last two draft classes or the two draft classes that Dave Ziegler does have. We understand that he gave up his first two uh, draft picks last year to get Devontae Adams. We understand that. But as you said, other than Dylan Parham, there are no starters from that class. Jameer White has looked, has looked pretty average since he came to the team. I said it during the preseason where people were trying to hype up uh, Zamir White. I said, Zamir White looks pretty average. He's not a guy that's going to lead your backfield. He's a running back that gets about 10 carries in the committee. You mentioned Neil Farrell Jr., who they traded to the, to the Chiefs. As you said, Matthew Butler didn't even make the 50-man roster. Their Mumford is now switching with uh, Jermaine Illuminar at right tackle. We'll see what, what comes of that. Britton Brown hasn't been able to stay healthy. I was actually excited to see Britton Brown during the preseason, but again, hasn't been able to stay on the field. And if you look at this class, while Tyree Wilson had his best game, in my opinion, of his career against the Bears, who else? I mean, who? I mean, you haven't seen many flashes. Now you've seen Trey Tucker get a, some big pass. I mean, he had one from Brian Hoyer for 48 yards, and that was a, a, a glimpse of what he can do. Michael Mayer had one game against the Patriots where he looked solid. Aiden O'Connell, while he had all the turnovers in his start against the Chargers, Josh McDaniels seems scared to put him back out there on the field. Nesta J. Severa had some short glimpses here and there in the preseason, which helped him make the 50th man roster over Matthew Butler. But the Raiders have made him unhealthy act inactive for most of the games this year. So I'm looking at Dave Ziggler's draft class and I'm saying, where is the bona fide star that's going to be there for five to 10 years? Where's the star on this, on, in that, in those classes? What hope that you have that you, one of those players can turn into you know, a, a high-end player. It doesn't have to be an all-pro. You know, just a guy who you could say that guy is going to be around past his first contract. Who's going to get that second contract and be a contributor for the long term? And right now, you can't say that about any of the players. Now, as you said, in fairness, it is early, and I told this to Chicago Brent and my coach, that I'm not going to judge the 2023 class and say there are no starters in this class yet because we're not even halfway through the season. Get back to me at the end of the season, and then we'll reevaluate that. But the early returns just aren't good. And if you're judging, if you're evaluating job positions and job security, if you're firing, if you're thinking about firing a Josh McDaniels and saying, well, what about Dave Ziegler? I don't think Dave Ziegler has done enough right now 
to hold his job if he is in question. Yeah, no, all, all great points, and I absolutely, <clears throat> I agree with you. There's there's nothing there uh, that that excites you about the future or or the direction of this team right now. I want to ask you, you know, you've got a story up um, on, on sportsnot.com right now, and you guys should all go out there and, and read it if you haven't yet. Y- you gave reasons why you think the Raiders should be sellers and buyers at the mm-hmm. deadline. You make you make arguments for both, both sides of that debate. Uh, let's start with being sellers. We already talked about Hunter Renfro. Besides Renfro, who, who else is a name out there that you think the Raiders should consider or sh- could consider consider trading this is gonna you know get some of your listeners mad i'm sure but i think josh jacobs has to come up in conversation simply because if you remember last year darren waller right the packers reports came out that the packers were willing to give up a second round pick to acquire darren waller the raiders said no we're going to stick with the status quo and what happened turns out they go to into the offseason and they wind up trading him anyway for a third round pick so they have still were able to get a third round pick, but his value dropped. My point with Josh Jacobs is if the Raiders have an idea that they're not going to re-sign Josh Jacobs, you might as well trade him now. If you're not going to re-sign him, if you're going to let him walk in for agency, or you're going to you know, tag and trade him, you might as well trade him now. Because, number one, his, if, if the Raiders' run game continues to go on this trajectory, I believe Josh Jacobs is averaging 2.9 yards per carry, if he doesn't get back on track this season, his value is only going to further drop, just as Darren Waller's value dropped last year because he was hurt. So you want to, I understand, not playing well now, but if a team is looking for, to bolster their roster before the trade deadline to make a push for the playoffs, and they're asking about Josh Jacobs, I would consider it, depending on what they offer. If they offer a second-round pick, it would be hard for me to pass up if I'm not going to resign Josh Jacobs in the offseason. The one team I pointed out in that column that will be interested in the Josh Jacobs is the Green Bay Packers because they showed interest in Jonathan Taylor before he signed an extension with the Indianapolis Colts. So Jonathan Taylor, just like Josh Jacobs, a former rushing champion, if they were interested in Jonathan Taylor, I'm sure they made a call to the Raiders about Josh Jacobs. Is he available? If they're offering a second round pick and even throwing a late uh, round draft pick, I would definitely consider it. Again, if I'm not going to resign him in the offseason, if I do plan on keeping him for the long term, then I keep him. The other player that I want to talk about briefly, I think Jermaine Illuminar could have some trade value. I know, as I said, he's switching with Bayer Mumford at right tackle right now. Had a tough time against the Steels, and that's when the, his, his job security started to uh, waver a bit. But he has experience at four different positions along the offensive line. He could play both sides, left tackle and right tackle, left guard and right guard. I think he has some value, not a third or fourth round pick, maybe a fifth-round pick if the Raiders just want to get a late-round pick out of it and they do plan on to turn the uh, position over to Bear Mumford, why not get something for Jermaine Luminar if you're not going to bump him in the right guard where the Raiders also need some help? So I think between Josh Jacobs, Jermaine Luminar, I would even say Jerry Tillery. I mean, because teams usually like to take their chances with a former first-round pick. Jerry Tillery has had Two highlights in his Raider career so far, and there are two boneheaded penalties against the Rams and against the Chargers. So if they can get something for Jerry Tillery and probably get some more snaps for Byron Young, their rookie third-round pick, next to Jason Vero, their seventh-round pick from Flash in the preseason, I think that's a decent move. Yeah, you know, I know, I know you mentioned before you started that whole answer there that you, you thought maybe some of the listeners would be upset with you for mentioning Josh Jacobs, but you have to remember – 
most teams are only going to want players that they believe are going to be high impact or, you know, going exactly. to improve their team. Or I, I guess you could want to look to add some depth maybe toward the offensive line. You mentioned Illuminor, but, you know, Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. is one of the few players on this roster that could actually get you something decent in return. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not trading right. Crosby. Um, you know, I've talked about the possibility of trading Devontae Adams. I know there's a lot of money involved with that, but we, we did hear that, that that's no longer on the table. So I do think mm-hmm. Jacobs could be definitely a candidate uh, to be traded. L- let's take a look at the other side of the argument. You know, what about the Raiders actually deciding to be aggressive and go out there and add some pieces? Tell us why you think this could happen. This could happen simply because I, if you remember the report by Diana Rossini in The Athletic, she said that if the Raiders don't start winning games, that Josh McDaniels' job could be in jeopardy. So a head coach whose job might be in jeopardy is not going to sell at the deadline. He's going to buy because he's in survival mode. He's trying to save his job so he can win more football games. So that's why I think the Raiders are probably going to be buyers, even though a lot of people don't think it's true because they're not – they're not playoff, a playoff caliber team, but you got to understand that you got to look at it from Josh McDaniel's point of view. If he's again, if he's trying to win some football games and save his job. He's, he's probably going to buy. And they've been rumored. The Raiders have been rumored to be interested in a pass rusher. I joked with a, a buddy, my uh, guy over at boy green at heavy.com. Uh, I talked to him about a, a Carl Lawson, Hunter Renfro swap because Carl Lawson is not in the rotation for the jets on their defensive line. They have two former first round picks. Over there at a defensive end, uh, they have um, John Franklin Myers, who's an inside-outside type of guy. So Carl Lawson hasn't been able to get on the field. They're not using him. So the Raiders are, are looking for an edge rusher to pair with um, Tyree Wilson and Malcolm Coons. I could see them being interested in Carl Lawson because let's remember, if Chandler Jones hadn't gone AWOL, it would have been Chandler Jones as a veteran complement to Tyree Wilson because Chandler Jones has it, well, no longer on the roster. Uh, the Raiders can probably still go with that plan in the second half of the season and just have a three-man platoon with Tyree Wilson, Malcolm Kuntz, and Carl Lawson opposite Max Crosby. I've been saying that Leonard Williams is, should be one of the top targets for the Raiders because then you have a defensive end who could be there for the long term. If you remember, I had plenty of debates with people about whether the Raiders should draft Leonard Williams or Amari Cooper in a 2015 draft, the Raiders with, 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 with Amari Cooper – but Leonard Williams was on the podium. He said, you know, he grew up following the Raiders, watching the Raiders, and he's familiar with the culture and everything. So it would be kind of a coming home uh, party for him that the Raiders can acquire him from the Giants. The Giants are 2-5, and five, as I said. They had a good win against the Washington Commanders, but I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. Why not sell? And Leonard Williams can be one of those parts. His contract goes void in the offseason, so he may not be in that team's long-term plans. They have new GM since he's been, since he's been signed. I, I think the Raiders could get a Leonard Williams for maybe even a fourth-round pick because his production isn't that high this year. The other position I want to look at, I'll say look at for the Raiders, is cornerback. And I, I mentioned guard. There are not a lot of top-tier guards available. But cornerback, if you look at Adoree Jackson, going back to the Giants, Adoree Jackson played well under Patrick Graham. That's his former defensive coordinator in New York. Adoree Jackson, if, he, if he's on the trade block, could be a reunion with him and Patrick Graham. I would also look at Dante Jackson in Carolina. The Panthers are 0-6 right now. That team is definitely in a rebuild. And a lot of people want to say Brian Burns, Brian Burns, Brian Burns. But if you've read reports, the Panthers are asking for at least a first-round pick for Brian Burns. And if you're the Raiders, you need that first-round pick because you need to draft a quarterback. So you're not trading that first-round pick for Brian Burns. Uh, I would say watch out for Dante Jackson because uh, he fits the mold of a Patrick Graham cornerback. If you notice, Patrick Graham doesn't have a lot of tall cornerbacks on the roster. 
He likes those short cornerbacks, or should I say short, relatively speaking, about 5'10", 5'11", and has speed, like Ja'Korian Bennett. Dante Jackson fits the mold, in my opinion. And the Raiders also have Jason Simmons, who's the former coach with the Panthers, so he's familiar with Dante Jackson. So there is a connection there, just like there's a connection with Adoree Jackson and Patrick Grant. Yep, you're all about connecting the dots there. I I think it makes a Mm -hmm. lot of sense when you're looking at some of these potential deals. And I like the point that you make as as to why you believe – the Raiders are, are more likely to be buyers than sellers because I, mm. and I talked about it on the first segment of the show. I just don't think McDaniels and Ziegler are in the position. I mean, how does that look to the owner and to the fan base? If you're, if you're selling away some of your top players here, you know, uh, week, week, not going in. Well, it'd be going into week nine because this would be on Tuesday. That's just, that's not a good message to send to your team or your fan base or your owner who I believe are coaching and, and, you know, playing for their jobs right now. So I, that just t- right there tells me that, like you say, they're, they're probably going to be looking to maybe add a piece if anything, but as someone who covers the team and a fan of the team, I think the, in the long term it would be better for them to be looking to sell and acquire picks to get that quarterback that you mentioned and that I talk about so often here as you know, you, you're not going to compete consistently until you have that, that franchise quarterback. But Mo, I, I've kept you long enough. I know you've got some work to do here tonight, so I'm going to let you go. We appreciate you hopping on as always. Uh, I'll have to get you back on here uh, a little bit sooner this time. I'm not, I'm not going to wait yeah. this long. I know you're busy, <laughs> but uh, when's the next Bleacher Report live uh, stream coming out so we can all be on the lookout for that? Next Bleacher Report live stream will be on Wednesday. So if you listen to this on Tuesday, that's tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern time, 2 p.m. Pacific. I also, as I usually do, have a weekly column up on Sports Night, just taking a look at the Raiders post trade uh, deadline and look at what you know what could be could the Raiders turn this around which a lot of people don't think they will or could we just be looking at player development for the rest of the way and saying okay at least we can see a brighter future as I said doesn't look like a bright future right now but I I've said this before and I've said I'll say this on this show that with Tyree Wilson and his injury and coming off of sur- foot surgery I wasn't going to judge him too harshly until the middle of the season I think at this point now you can start to look at Tyree Wilson and say Where's the growth? And I hope you can see some growth from Tyree Wilson. As I said, even from Byron Young, Jacorian Bennett when he gets healthy, uh, Michael Mayer getting involved with the offense as well as Trey Tucker. If those guys can get involved in the second half of the season to show some promise, I think you'll get a lot better feedback from the fans. Maybe not with Joshua Daniels because he is public en- enemy number one right now. But as far as Dave Ziegler is concerned, you can say, okay, Dave Ziegler's uh, draft class is starting to pop finally. And if he can do that, then people will say, okay, get rid of Josh McDaniels, but maybe Dave Ziegler has something as a GM and we can look forward to 2024, hopefully with more drafts and say he can build on what he had in 2023. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, I was going to, I was going to ask you, you know, mm-hmm. about your, your feelings on Josh McDaniels and, 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 you know, his game plan on Sunday, but I didn't want to get your blood pressure up. I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want mad Mo to come out. So I decided to stay away from that topic. <laughs> as I said, as I said, Evan on Twitter, I said until Joshua Daniels gets this offense out of the basement, he is now known as Joshua McDaniels to me. He's not cool enough to get the Josh name. I'm calling him Joshua until that offense finds its way. Yep, you and you and the rest of Raider Nation. But Mo, we, we thank you so much <laughs> for the time. Uh, you can follow Mo on uh, Twitter or X at at Mo Moten. Uh, he's a great follow. He's a great guy as well, and and we love uh, having him here on the show. Mo, take care and, and keep up all your good work, man. 
appreciate you. But we got to go back and do another highlight show. The TJ Jackson, Steve Burma style. We got to get one in maybe soon. Who knows? Maybe the next Raiders win. We'll we'll do that. (laughs) Appreciate you. All right. Take care, Mo. All right. There he goes. Uh, Mo Moten of Bleacher Report, of Silver and Black Today, and of SportsHunt.com. He's all over the place. This guy loves working. He's great at what he does, and he's a great guy and a great friend of mine here that I've gotten to know a little bit here over the last couple of years. So thanks to you, Mo, uh, for helping us out here by coming on the show and giving us some of your thoughts. But I have to get out of here now, guys. It is time for me to wrap this one up. Uh, please go out there and follow the show if you don't already. Give me a follow on twitter.com as well, x at egrote5. Follow the website. Check out the website, justpodbaby.com. Also, check out all of the great work being done over at sportsnot.com. We got a lot of great video content that is available to you now. We had Matt Verdam from Sports Illustrated come on with us last week. We had Adam Kaplan, NFL Insider, come on with us this week to talk all things NFL. A lot of great stuff going on over there at sportsnot.com. All right, guys, I'll be back here with you again next week, and we will just keep this thing moving as this season progresses. We are into the month of November next week. Hard to believe that season is just rolling along. But take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game uh, on Monday night. And until the next time, I am your host, Evan Grote. And as always, just win, baby.